The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ. We'll get the button right here in a minute. <laughs> LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers who are in the house and anybody else I may have missed, too, the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Tuesday morning. Uh, if you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to slide over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, you can watch the video portion of the radio show. That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Slide over there and, uh, well, as soon as I refresh it, it'll come up. It'll be the second video down. You'll see us live there. And uh, just click onto that. You can enlarge it, or you can click onto the platform and join us in the chat. A lot of people in the chat this morning, and of course, we're over several platforms: D Live and Periscope, and Twitter and Twitch and Rumble. 
Rumble, sonsoflibertyradio.live. That's our new platform. And uh, as soon as they get things to where they archive, all of our stuff is going to be driven there, all of our embed codes, everything that you see that goes on the site, everything that goes on uh, beforeitsnews.com, front page there, all of that will be driven over Rumble once the archives are available so that when we do a live show, it archives it there just like it does in YouTube. Currently, they just offer the live without archiving it. Um, I don't know why, uh, but that's just the way it is. That's the way they, they're growing. So we want to support them in that. <clears throat> right above that is Bradley's show from yesterday. If you want to click on and watch that. he Actually, he won't be live today. I'll be filling in for him today on GCN, 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central. This will go live, uh, the show today. Also, right above that is where you can put your email in. And you can uh, subscribe to our newsletter. And as a result of that, you'll get... No spam from us. You'll get your email won't be sold. It won't be rented out to anybody. Uh, you'll get one email from us a day. It'll be all the articles we have at sonsoflibertymedia.com, including the morning show archive with the video and the podcast and all the links that we're going to talk about different things here. And then finally, if you agree with our message, you'd like to help us out because it costs money to do it. We don't ask you for money, but we do tell you our needs and we leave it up to you as to whether or not you are inclined to help and support us. And so we appreciate everybody who supports us in whatever way you do. There's a donate button here. There's also right at the top of SonsLibertyMedia.com, <clears throat> you can become a son or daughter of liberty. That's a monthly partner with us in uh, helping us do what we do, radio, internet, and out among the 50 states. And finally, there's a store button there. You can pick up products or you can pick up equipping tools uh, to help you in the sphere of influence that God has put you in as well. Now, there's there's sometimes I get up in the morning and I'm like, okay, what am I going to talk about? Usually it's stuff from the previous day or whatever. And um, and, and today's not going to be really any different. Um, but there's several things sometimes that I want to, that I want to speak to. Um, one of those, and it's just coming to me now, um, a friend of mine sent me um, some information the other day on this guy Milo. Now, you guys may not have heard of Milo. Remember Milo? He was a, he was an open sodomite. Um, the uh, he 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 was just. Uh, uh, almost a, a, a drag queen, and some and sometimes uh, that's the way he dressed up. Um, some, uh, just some of the talk was just downright nasty, um, and all of this, and yet we're told now um, that he is no longer practicing sodomy. Let me give you a couple of things before we get to our main topic here. Here's one. This is from Pink News. I guess it's some kind of uh, uh, sodomite lesbian site. Or, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> he takes and throws a $150,000 sodomy stone. This is the, uh, the quote here. Engagement ring in the ocean to prove he's ex-gay. Well, that doesn't prove... I mean, it shows you're you're willing to part with things that are very expensive that probably have a lot of emotional attachment and everything else. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I've read the story of the, the lady who was a lesbian who became a Christian, and she began to explain all of the tentacles of how that lifestyle, when she repented, she had to work through and to, to rid herself of because there were real 
relation there was a real relationship she had developed outside of the sexual part with her partner and so there was there was a breaking of that and it was very difficult for her i mean it was something she wanted to do but it was very difficult for her so i understand those things are there but what's amazing is now i i ran across this story and then there was one i mean there's several of them um uh, this was from the new york post he says he's ex-gay it's no 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 it's not ex-gay there is no gay okay that is a term that was used to market what God calls an abomination and what our laws all said were serious crimes. Now he wants to rehabilitate conversion therapy. So, you know, there are things here that are said that the thing that I guess what gets me is, is when I slide down through here, I'm having a hard time seeing where, there is, you know, I'm I was I'm in sin and rebellion against God. Um, and I mean, yeah, he he talks about sinful urges here, uh, and these people are picking up from LifeSite News. One of the things that uh, that are on here, Yiannopoulos about his post on social media site parlor of members of the change movement with the caption, look at these beautiful souls, rid of their demons and cured of their sinful urges. Can't you tell they've been saved? I can. Well, <clears throat> maybe the, the thing, the proof is in the pudding. And for Milo, you know, if it is, if it's a genuine conversion, then his fruit's going to bear out because the author of the faith will finish it too. It's not really dependent upon Milo, it's dependent upon God. So we're going to see if this is a genuine conversion. Okay? We're going to see if this is a genuine conversion or not. I hope it is. I really do. I think one of the things that he points out in, in here is that he was one who um has taken steps to do certain things. Now, he hasn't left the house he has with his former partner. They are, obviously have different living arrangements. At least that's what he says. I think the best thing for him to do would be to leave that situation. That's just creating um, temptation for him. Uh, just telling you. But I don't really see this this talk of being confronted really with his sin. I don't see it. Now, that may be there, but at least as far as what's been printed in at least these couple of articles that I looked at, I really didn't see anything like that, okay? So I'm just going to wait and see. A lot of people will get on the bandwagon to jump on and say, oh, see, see, he's a Christian, and they'll do like they do so many celebrities when the conversion isn't necessarily real. Some people from politics have done that recently, and um, I'm not so sure that we have seen genuine conversion there. Okay, I'm not going to name names, but I'm just saying there are some people who went to jail, and I'm not so sure that we've seen genuine repentance there yet. Okay, we may there may be fruit that comes later, but I'm, I'm not so sure about that. So I just wanted to throw that out because it's been on my mind the past couple of days. A friend had shared that with me, and. Um, it had not come through my news feed. I had to go look it up. So, uh, for whatever that's worth, we'll keep an eye on Milo and uh, and and hope that there is a genuine conversion. I mean, look, I don't, 
I don't desire the sodomites go to hell. I don't desire that they suffer the consequences of sin any more than I do the thief, the murderer, or anybody else. Okay? Um, our desire is that, that men would be saved, that they'd be reconciled unto God, and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, with that said, <clears throat> I've titled today, Injections and... What was the word I was using? <laughs> inflation. <laughs> Injections and Inflation. And this is the this is the fruit that we're seeing, the rotten fruit of the COVID tyranny. Okay, let me give you a few examples here. We're now seeing that, or the latest report that we had, and we're well, I think we're about to have another one, or about to do another update, is that from the CDC, we're seeing that there are reported, just reported. 4,434 dead in the VAERS report after they got the COVID injection. Okay? Remember, we did a show on this and we played some Dell Bigtree in which he cited the Harvard study that cost the American taxpayer a million dollars to do back in 2010, and I think they did another study in 2016 and saw it was still doing the same thing. They were only reporting about 1% of the adverse effects. And death is one of those adverse effects of vaccines, injections, whatever. This literally means we could be looking at 450,000 people in America who have died after taking the COVID injection. 450,000. Now, <clears throat> we were told there's only about 500-something thousand people that even had COVID or coronavirus or however they mix the numbers up, or whatever the case may be. How many of your news outlets are actually telling you that number? How many are actually telling you how many people have died from taking the vaccine? No major outlets are telling you that. Not a one of them. No, they're telling you it's safe and effective. Nearly possibly, and I throw the possibly in there only because of the reporting and what's been admitted, half a million people within four to five months have died after they got the shot. And don't give me your stuff, well, we don't know the science behind that. We can't do that. We haven't had autopsies. We haven't determined. Look, if you put a bullet in a revolver and you spin the chamber and you put it to your head and you pull the trigger, are you going to be one of those people that when it goes off and it kills you or it kills the person who does it and you look at that person and what they did, are you going to be one of those people that say, oh, well, we don't have an autopsy. We don't really know what the cause of death is. Really? Come on, people. We're not stupid, are we? Maybe there's some who are, but we're not stupid about this. This is more than 21 years of VAERS records concerning vaccine deaths. Just the 4,434 in a few months. There are others who are speaking out too. And again, this was something I had um, last week, I believe it was, over the weekend, excuse me. Three health workers are injured following experimental COVID injection, and they're telling you what's going on. This comes from Del Big Tree as well. 
And, you know, this is why we wanted to have him on, because he's right in the thick of things where it comes to these the push for these vaccines and stuff. Okay? Well worth your time to listen to these three ladies talk about them being injured, and they've been on the front lines. They've been in, they've been healthcare workers. Okay? All of this. Now, God tells us, and we, we reference this quite often. He tells us about the death that, that's part of the curses. For instance, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses, verse, excuse me, 20. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke, and all that thou settest thine hand unto, for to do until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly. Sometimes within hours of taking these jabs, because of the wickedness of thy doing, whereby thou hast forsaken me. Where is God in the midst of these injections? You know, and sadly, preachers pushing this. Al Moeller, you really ought to be ashamed of yourself, man. You really ought to retract that. Franklin Graham, Robert Jeffries. I mean, I kind of expect it from that guy. But you preachers pushing this stuff with no biblical support at all, zero. Shame on you. You need to repent as well. The Bible tells us, Deuteronomy 28, verse 21, The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he has consumed thee from off the land, whether thou goest to possess it. And I get people in some chats who want to mock those who have faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and our Lord Jesus Christ. They want to mock it. Oh, did your sky daddy tell you this? Hey, man, this was written thousands of years ago. Go ahead. Go ahead and mock it. Go ahead and mock it and see if it doesn't come back on your own head. Better yet, repent of your mocking and believe. Verse 22 of Deuteronomy 28 says, The Lord shall smite thee with consumption, and with a fever, and with an inflammation, and with an extreme burning, and with the sword, and with blasting, and with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou shalt perish. Now God's right on the He's right on the smack. Why? Because He does not change. We use the term. He is immutable. He is incapable of changing. He does not change. He is not an emotional, you know, in an emotional tizzy. He doesn't fly off the handle. You say, but some of the language sounds like he does. Well, it's trying to communicate something to us that we can't understand about a being that is beyond our comprehension. There's other things as well. Did you guys see <clears throat> in the news another Canadian pastor's targeted? Definitely differently mannered than Pastor Pavlowski, yet he's targeted for the same thing. Opening up the church building so that the church can meet together and worship God. This guy's name's Pastor Tim Stevens. 
of Fairview Baptist Church in Calgary, um, the same little Nazis have been having him under surveillance like some kind of criminal. Like some kind of criminal. He's just doing the same thing he's been doing for years there. But now they're treating him like a criminal. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not about health. None of this tyranny that we're seeing is about health. It's not about your health. These are the same people who are okay with going and bombing other countries, killing innocent people, sanctioning the murder of the unborn in the womb, and yet we're to believe they care about our health? You can smell what they're shoveling. Okay? But here's Tim Stevens. He's a pastor. He's got a family. And... uh, Here's video of, of what went on. It's, it's not the civil him. magistrate's job, uh, the government's job to regulate or restrict our worship. And so we're freely coming together, peaceful citizens, uh, to worship Christ because he is worthy. In terms of what that means now, I don't really know. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches, trying to discourage them from gathering together. I think they don't understand that Christians are committed to follow the Lord Jesus Christ regardless of the consequences. Amen. They're not just committed, they are required. It is our duty. And look at the Nazis here. The man's having to hug his kids, hug his wife. And he's willing to go quietly with him. Now, i got to tell you, this is... Um, this is part of the issue that uh, the guy's going to go on and give a, give a little report here. But, um, you know, him going, there's a part that reminds me of Polycarp. Yeah, and I don't know if you know the story of Polycarp. He was, he was a disciple of the Apostle John in the first century. And the, the, the story is, is that when the guards came to get him, to take him to the arena, um, that he fed them, that he prayed with them, and that he did not fight. He did not fight with them. And um, there's there's a tremendous story there. And God uses men different ways in how they deal with these things. Obviously, Pastor Pavlovsky uh, has some experience in understanding what these people are actually doing. And he calls them out for what they are. And Pastor Stevens doesn't seem to have that same history, and so he reacts different. Yet both are standing for the same Christ. Both are being attacked by the, sta- by the same Gestapo in Canada. And it is a tyranny that is the result of the lies that we've been fed regarding Convid 1984. If, you, if you're a person who continues to think that all of this is legitimate based on what we've been told about the convid, I don't know how to pry your eyes open. I I really don't know how to do it. It seems so obvious to me. It seems very obvious. And yet, where is justice in the middle of it? Nowhere to be found. The idolaters continue on in their ways, and the Bible says that we're not to make idols. And yet they continue on in their ways. We want Trump. 
Trump's telling you to go get the jab, man. He's the He came out the other day and said, I'm the father of the vaccine. I'm the father of the vaccine. Go get your shot. And people are still crying out for that king. Now, I understand it in the flesh. I get it in the flesh. Because the flesh holds him up and it says, well, Trump wasn't as bad as Biden and I, I, I'd rather have him. And by the way, look, I've said it before. I think he won the election. I was critical of him, but I think he won the election. I really do. But the continued idolatry is part of God's judgment too. It's turning us over. Read Romans 1. The reason that men worship the creation more than the creator is why? Because they they know he's there. They know the creator's there, but they don't want to honor him as God. That's why he turns them over. That's the term that's used. He doesn't love them. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, draw them in. He isn't just caring for them. He turns them over to their sin to let it just wreak the havoc in their life that they think it won't wreak. Now, we spend a lot of time talking about the vaccines, about the mass mandates, all this stuff. And I realize in some states, it's kind of backing off. In some states, it's not been that hardly anything. Okay? And I'm thankful for that. This is why I'm all for decentralization. I just, I'm all for decentralization. We are sovereign states who came together in a confederacy. That's what we came together as. Okay? And the sovereign states, if they're not going to bring justice on the guilty, they need to remove themselves from that confederacy. That's what they need to do. Otherwise, they're going to get sucked into the same thing that these other states are getting sucked into. It's coming. And we're already seeing evidence of that. Let me give you, let me give you a few instances. Remember we talked about prices the other week. Uh, Michael Snyder had had uh, one of the articles up about how the cost of plywood. And I think I was hearing it yesterday. <laughs> Somebody was paying... 80 to $100 a sheet for plywood. Plywood. I, I told you guys when I was building this chicken coop back here, sheet of plywood was $43. $43 for a 4 by 8 piece of, sh- uh, of plywood. <clears throat> the hardy board was cheaper than that. It was $29 for the same size. Two befores were almost $8. I bought the cheaper ones and sorted through them to get rid of the twisted ones for like $6.90. I'm wondering how people afford houses now. Because when we put up our house here in 1999, a two before was like $0.99, cent, a buck twenty-nine, something like that. How that's happening. Oh, yes, that's part of God's judgment, too. Unjust weights and measures bring all of this in, okay? And on top of that, it's not just that. 
Food prices. It was reported this week, no relief in sight. Food prices will continue to go up. Now, why are they going up? Ask yourself that. Why does the price of food go up? Why is it that when my wife comes in and she comes back from the grocery store and she spent a couple hundred dollars on food for our family and each time the bags get less and less of stuff that we get? Why is that? But you're told inflation is under control, right? You're you're told that's under control. Let me give you a few instances of why some of these things are taking place. One is the vast printing of money. For those who don't understand the cryptocurrency thing, okay, why is bit why did Bitcoin become so popular to where I don't know what it's worth now, um, fifty something thousand dollars a Bitcoin? And some of that's manipulated. There's no doubt when somebody chunks a lot of money in it and let it known, everybody else runs to it too. So it, there can be manipulation. I'm not saying there can't. But basically the value to people was that there were a limited number of Bitcoins. Okay, And then after that, there is no more. Okay, So you've got a limited number and then people determine the value on that even though it's a digital currency it's i mean there's nothing tangible that you you can't even do like the fiat currency that we had it is a fiat currency too you can't even hold it in your hand and if you lose internet if you lose the ability to to get to the internet electricity and stuff i mean you can't do anything with it but the values in its limits with the dollar what has happened we have printed and printed and printed and printed dollars to where they aren't even worth the paper that they're printed on. Your pennies that we have now that are made of zinc, they're not made of copper anymore, they're made of zinc, they cost more to mint than the penny is worth. Okay? Now why is that? Well, it's because we've had representatives violate their oath of office and engage in unconstitutional spending which is a crime against the people. And to pay for it, they get the bank to create credit out of thin air, which then results in money out of thin air. It's not really money. It's just paper, IOUs. Distribute it to the people. And now, not only is the dollars that they're getting worth less, all the dollars they had in their bank account or in their wallet are now less too. They're worth less, too. Okay? And that then results in all kinds of other things. When you get into the market, we're talking about the food prices. Okay, well, if the dollar's worth less, well, then the guys who are producing the food have to turn around and make up for that with the people that are working for them and with the stuff that they have to buy to do whatever they do in the business to produce the food or the products or whatever you get. It's the same thing. This is why this nonsense of of clamoring for a $15 minimum wage thing, a living wage, if you will, it it, it leaves economics completely out of it. Because if you're going to pay all your employers, let's say you're at the Chick-fil-A or wherever, you pick your place, your fast food place, whatever. 
let's say you go there to work. You're going to get a job while you're going to school or whatever, right out of school, whatever, and you're just, you're just looking for a job to make a little money. And you go there. And they're going to pay you $15 to start out, training and everything else. What's got to happen? What's going to happen to them, them sandwiches that are, you're making that now you get a value meal for, which is, it's kind of funny, a value meal for $8 or whatever. I mean, I can remember when those things were like $3 and something. Okay? What's going to happen to that? Well, you're paying people more to produce it. You're going to be paying people more for the the ingredients, all the stuff that you're getting. You're paying more in terms of uh, your overhead because of the deflation of the dollar. That means you've got to turn around and charge somebody more for that value meal. So now that $8 value meal may be $11 or it may be $10 or whatever the case may be. It's going to go up. Same thing. Same thing. You know, Ron Paul wrote about this um, yesterday, on Monday. Let me share a little bit of his column with you. It was called Big Government and Big Inflation. He writes, April's 4.2% past-year increase in the Consumer Price Index is not likely to dissuade the Federal Reserve from continuing its policy of near-zero interest rates. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell believes the rising prices are just a temporary phenomenon caused by the ending of lockdowns, releasing pent-up consumer demand. Yeah, right. Powell may be right that the ending of the lockdowns would inevitably be accompanied by a rise in prices. However, this is just the latest reason the Fed is given for putting off increasing interest rates Powell does not want to admit that the real reason the Fed will continue to keep rates low is that increasing rates will cause the federal government's interest payments to rise to unsustainable levels. That house of cards, they won't be able to hold it up anymore. That's what he's saying. One way the Fed increases the money supply and thus lowers interest rates is by purchasing U.S. Treasury securities. They take phony baloney money and they buy U.S. Treasury securities with it. These purchases increase demand for U.S. government debt, keeping government's borrowing costs low, and expansionary monetary policy thus enables increased federal spending and deficits. Since the lockdowns, The Fed has worked overtime to monetize federal debt, doubling its holdings of Treasury securities. A Truth and Accounting report from April concluded the real federal debt is $123 trillion. I'm sure it's much more than that. Over four times larger than the $28 trillion official debt. This is all this is not only the debt that we have, this is the stuff that we haven't that we've committed ourselves to, like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. And by the way, let me just jump on that just a second. That is socialism, guys. That's socialism. If you are receiving a government check, you are dependent upon government. Do you get that? I had somebody write me on Facebook one time. Can you pass this along? They're doing this with Social Security, blah, 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 blah. And I said, no, I won't pass it along. And here's why. Because it is socialism. 
and you're dependent upon a check. You're asking me to jump in there and fuss with the government for something they should not be involved in in the first place. Do you know what the person did? Only time I've had it happen when I explained to them how Social Security is socialism. Even though they're paying in it, socialism is part of that. And don't you get that? That's part of what socialism is. This person said, I never saw it that way. I will retract this and tell everybody to put an end to Social Security. Now that's somebody who got it and was repentant. I I was kind of shocked, but I was glad to see it. Same thing with Medicare, same thing with Medicaid. Oh, but we can't do it and we can't do it and we can't do it. Wait a minute. How did people do it for thousands of years before FDR came along? Huh? How how did they do it? Well, they didn't have government involvement in this stuff. That's that's one of the biggest ways uh, that they didn't have it. Ron Paul goes on, he says, The higher debt calculation includes the federal government's unfunded liabilities. The biggest unfunded liabilities are the $55 trillion in promised but unfunded Medicare benefits and the $41 trillion in promised but unfunded Social Security benefits. Did you hear that? Unfunded Medicare is twice as much as what you see in the regular debt. That's how much debt we owe in Medicare. Social Security is quite a bit more than what you're seeing with the $28 trillion too. $41 trillion in Social Security benefits. And people go, well, I paid into that. Yeah, but that money isn't sitting anywhere. They've already spent it. They have spent that money they took out, they stole out of your check Before you even got it. They stole it from you. Congress could transition away from entitlement and welfare programs without harming current or soon-to-be beneficiaries by cutting spending on militarism and corporate welfare, and I would say, as well as other welfare. In fact, Ron Paul was the only presidential candidate in 2012 who submitted a proposed budget that actually eliminated debt by a trillion dollars, I think, in the first year. It actually eliminated debt. Part of the savings from these cuts could be used to pay down the debt and part could be used to provide payments for current and soon-to-be beneficiaries of government programs while we transition to a free market. When I interviewed uh, Dr. Paul, I think it was back in 2012, one of the things that he said was we ha- we're going to have to have a transition. It can be a short one. It doesn't have to be, you know, take a decade to do. We gotta, but we have to have a transition because if we just change things up, the whole thing will collapse. And we don't want that. But there has to be repentance. And I think in repentance we can bring that about. This is one of the things Captain Carl was talking about yesterday. By the way, if you're wanting to meet with Captain Carl and the other Patriots in Utah, uh, I'm assuming they're getting there around 9 o'clock this morning on the Capitol grounds. So be looking for them out there if you're going out to Utah, the state capitol, to stand with Captain Carl and the other Patriots out there in Utah. But this was some of the stuff that he was talking about. 
Okay. Let's talk about some of the practical things, and we'll come back to Dr. Paul here and what he had. Again, this from Michael Snyder. If the trucks stop running, it won't just be a gasoline shortage that we're facing. Now, I'm in the southeast, and yeah, there were a lot of people. There were places that had lost some, uh, had got rid of all their gas, uh, especially down in Gaffney, which is south of me, and uh, where my kids often go. Uh, they were telling me, hey, you know, all the pumps are out of gas. and But around here, it wasn't so bad uh, where, where I am. And I think a lot of that was the self-induced panic that people had to go fill up every, you know, gas can. And uh, they said one of them had one of those tubs. You know, you get the big tubs like at Walmart, and you can pack your clothes in to, like, store them away, those big plastic. Some lady was filling that thing up on the ground. And you know, it had to have several several gallons of gasoline in it. It was really a hazard for her. How's she going to get that thing up in the truck? They never did say how she's going to do it. I said, you should have filmed it, and that would have been probably a viral video to see her try to do that. But in any case, people went overboard in getting gas. That creates a shortage. Not that they didn't have a shortage anyway, but that creates that makes it even more a problem. And then what happens? Well, when there's a shortage, how does that work? Price goes up. Why? Because it's more valuable. Okay? It's like in anything else. People call it price gouging. You can call it price gouging all you want. But the fact of the matter is, when something becomes very rare, then it becomes very valuable. Okay? And the fact of the matter is, when you have hurricanes, when you have all these things, and we saw it up in New Jersey and stuff, you know, you go in and a flashlight's like 30 bucks. Or a bottle of water's, I don't know, the price that you'd pay if you went in Disneyland or whatever. All of that, and people go, well, this is price gouging. Wait a minute. No, no, no. This is a supply and demand issue. It really is. And that supply and demand then pushes manufacturers to get stuff in to those areas to sell. And that's how that market works. And when you keep the prices at the same thing, you provide no incentive to the manufacturer to get on the stick and start producing that stuff and putting it in, the, in those places that are harmed. That's supply and demand. That's how that works. That's a free market, if you will. Not government telling you what you can charge for something or how much you can pay an employee. That is not a free market. The whole concept of a minimum wage is not free. It is tyranny. Hear me. It is tyranny. Well, we don't want slaves. Guess what? You're a slave by paying tax money to the federal government. You're a slave. You are. But again, you got to go back and see what's going on here. When Michael wrote this story on the truck stop running and the gas shortage, you're talking about, think about all of the things that come with that. You can't get gas in the trucks. What else can you not get? You're not going to get products to the store. That includes food, clothing, furniture, whatever the trucks carry that you want to purchase, maybe you need for your home or whatever the case may be, it ain't going to be there. 
This is, and, and there's no way that all of this stuff that's coming on us is not orchestrated. It most certainly is. I'm going to touch on that in just a little bit. And we saw this with the gas stuff. I, I mean, do you remember at the start of the Convid stuff? Do you remember at the start of the Convid stuff? We were seeing people hoarding what? Toilet paper. Toilet paper. My sons came in from work one day and they said, Dad, this guy, he made like several hundred dollars on eBay or Amazon or something. He went to the store and bought a, these 12 packs of toilet paper and he was selling them and people were paying him like 80 or $100 for And I'm like, what? Sure enough, toilet paper. People hoarding toilet paper. And, and, and you see what happens on Black Friday, right? When all the sales go on, you get a television for like, I don't know, $2 or something, whatever the case may be. And the people fight it out over that. Can you imagine what it will be like when there's no food on the grocery store shelves? That's coming. That's coming. This is why it's important that we prepare. Some people have been preparing for a long time. I've been doing little bits because we don't have a lot of ability to, to do that financially. But what we do, we put back little things. We get stuff that's fairly inexpensive in big quantities that we can put back so that we can at least feed our family and hopefully be able to take care of some other people. But predominantly, you know, I've got to take care of my family. So we've got those things going on. Now, this then leads to some questions. Are Republicans going to give you the answer? Are they going to bring forth the resolve? What about Democrats? Are they going to do it? What about independents? Are they going to do it? What about libertarians? Are they going to do it? It's kind of funny to listen to, to different, that different political spectrum. Especially those who say they're not for government doing certain things, and then they turn around and they say, well, my solution is you know, using government in some way. I've heard that from the libertarians, especially when they talk about stuff like marijuana. Oh, well, we need to make it legal, but we need to tax it and regulate it. Wait a minute, I thought you weren't for a big government. What, what business does government have regulating and taxing a plant, something that God put on the earth? I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. No, they're not going to give us answers, guys. They're not going to give us answers. And many of them are for the same things that the ones who are in office are for now. Let me give you for instance. Nobody complains about usury. Nobody, basically. Did a whole show on this. Actually, a couple of shows. Here's what the Bible says about it. Proverbs 28. 8 through 10. He that by usury and unjust gain, which is what usury is, it's unjust gain, increaseth his substance. He shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. So you go ahead, bankers, banksters, bank cartels, you go ahead and gather that because you're just storing it up 
for people who actually take that money and give it to the poor and tend to needs. That's what God says. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Whoso causeth the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit, but the upright shall have good things in possession. The interest, remember what I read from Dr. Paul just a minute ago. The interest, the the American, the federal government could not pay the interest if the feds raised the interest rate on the debt we have. They couldn't pay it. And why? Well, the simple answer is this. We as the people have abandoned God and His Word. He has told us what to do and not to do, and we've said, no thanks, we got it under control, we can do it better than you can. See how we can print money out of thin air? There's not a problem here. You've got Donald Trump signing the biggest unconstitutional spending bill in our history. $6.5 trillion dollars last year. Then he signed another one for a couple of trillion. Then Biden signs a couple for a couple of trillion. Now he's pushing for others. And now he's trying to get people on his universal basic income by July. You get little checks for all the kids that you got. Oh, to have all my kids at home now. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. But seriously, that's how they're trying to do it. Little bits of cheese to the people. Get you on there till they slip the hook in. And for some people, they've already slipped the hook in on you. Going back to Dr. Paul's piece here, he says, Republicans are making obligatory attacks on Biden's spending while also attacking Biden for increasing military spending to only $753 billion. Republicans... Complaints about Biden's big spending ring hollow given their support of President Donald Trump and George W. Bush's spending increases and Republicans' proposals to spend billions on infrastructure, which they didn't do. He's telling the truth. Some conservatives have even embraced the madness of modern monetary theory. These conservatives are urging people to stop worrying about spending and debt and instead figure out how to use federal financed government spending to advance conservative ends. That is moronic. You don't increase unconstitutional government spending and call it A means to conservative ends. That's not conservative. It's not conservative at all. It's socialistic. The refusal of Congress to cut spending means the Fed will keep increasing its balance balance sheet in an effort to monetize skyrocketing debt. Eventually, the increasing debt and inflation will lead to a major economic meltdown. The meltdown will likely include a rejection of the dollar's world reserve currency status. And guys, when that goes, everything else goes. That's the only thing keeping the dollar up. That's it. Here's Dr. Paul's solution. The only way to avoid the crash is to spread the truth among enough people to force Congress to reverse course 
Early steps in reversing courses course are blocking Biden's big spending plans and passing audit the Fed so the American people can finally know the truth about the Federal Reserve's actions. Amen, Dr. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. But it's more than that. It's more than that. Because the states are a problem too. The states take the government cheese. This is why it is insanity for people to be pushing an Article 5 Constitutional Convention. And that is what it is. It's not a convention of states. It is a constitutional convention. They're gathered there to amend the Constitution. And yes, it's all on the table. Anybody who tells you it's not is lying to you. They're deceiving you. This is why the states have over and over and over, many of them rejected an application for an Article 5 Convention. You know why? Because the same knuckleheads running the show right now are going to be the same knuckleheads who put the people up there to choose what amendments they're going to do. The same ones. And I'm all for doing what we can do. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not for being stupid in the face of it. And I think it's absolutely stupid uh, that people think things will be changed by the people who live today who are letting this go on being put in there to amend the Constitution. Now, the Bible tells us other things that befall a people. One of those in Deuteronomy chapter 28 is that he tells the people who are in rebellion that they'll become the tail. When they're blessed, they become the head. They become the lender and not the borrower. But when they become cursed, they become the tail. And they become the borrower, not the lender. And they become slaves. Which one are you? Which one are you? When you sit and listen to what I'm saying, which one do you fall in in the camp of? Do you support usury? Do you support unjust weights and measures? Do you support the corruption that's going on? Are you a party person and that's what you get behind is the party label? Or are you a Christian and you take a stand and say, look, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. We're engaged in wrong. We need to repent, including myself. I hope that's the kind of heart that you have because that's the only way we're going to change these things. I'll see you later today, Lord willing, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. See ya.